It is the 5th of October 2015. The location is Nyangarata Mines in Tanzania. The 20 miners are working in the underground mining pit there. Then suddenly, it collapses. 14 miners managed to escape, but six remain trapped inside, inside the mine. The trapped miners uh, begin to plow through the rubble. They are desperately fighting for, for every inch of their lives in that deep darkness. And as time passes, they become hungry. They have no food to eat. Their only option now is to hand down insects and eat cockroaches and earthworms. As more days pass, one of the miners loses hope. He has had enough of the darkness in that mine. And so he decides to starve himself to death, just to die. The darkness you see there has become so intense that one of the men, Jared, loses his natural ability to see. Uh, he becomes blind as a result of darkness. And as these men are there now, they are wondering to themselves, aren't they? Is this the end of our lives? Uh, or will light shine in the tunnel of our darkness? <coughs> now, uh, as we sit here, we are far from the mining pit of Tanzania. And yet the Bible teaches us that all humanity is trapped in darkness. Not physical darkness, right? The whole world lives under spiritual darkness. And we see this, the, the physical evidence of this spiritual darkness all around our lives, all around our society. We see it in the news. You just need to pick up the news shop. You just need to look on the BBC website. You see it there. Genocide, murders, modern slavery, drug abuse, sexual perversion, fraud, corruption, broken families, corrupt politics. The list is endless. All of these, you see, are symptoms of a deeper spiritual darkness. And this darkness is not just out there in the world around us. The spiritual darkness is in and with all of us. You see, all human beings are living under spiritual darkness, have been living under spiritual darkness ever since our first parents, Adam and Eve, rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden. It all starts there. And that's why the world is very keen to attack Genesis, because if it can attack the foundation of our lives, the foundation in Genesis, it can reject whatever follows. But Genesis reminds us that's the beginning. That's where man rebelled against God. That's where the darkness started. And this darkness takes many forms. First, all of us are under the dark power of sin. Every human being has abandoned God. As I said last night, we only live for ourselves. Isaiah 53 verse 6 tells us, doesn't it? Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. See, God is full of love, beauty, majesty, and goodness, but none of us treat God as, we deserve, as he deserves to be treated. We don't give God first place in our lives all the time. And the Bible calls that sin. Sin is not just doing bad things. 
Sin at the foundation of its core is building your life on anything other than God. And that makes every human being who has ever lived and will live a sinner. All of us are sinners. So there's the, dark, the darkness of sin. And secondly, all of us are under the darkness of death. The Bible says the consequence of our rebellion against God is death in all its forms. Sin has left us under physical, eternal, and spiritual death. It has done this, sin has, it has done this by cutting us off from God, who alone is the source of all life. All human, dead, all human beings are dead, spiritually, and they will die physically. So it's the darkness of death, deadly. All of us are under the darkness of suffering and pain. We live in a world that is not as God created it. It is a fallen world full of suffering. And I know some of you have traveled through some very dark places in 2023. You have witnessed the darkness of losing a loved one or a close friend. Some of you have coped through the darkness of physical or mental illness. Some of you have faced the darkness of facing a bullying boss. Some of you have faced the darkness of looking for a job and not finding it. Some of you are probably in the middle of your families right now being swallowed by darkness of one form or another. So there's the darkness of sin, there's the darkness of death, there's the darkness of suffering, and of course all of us are living under the darkness of Satan. The devil, we don't like talking about him, but the devil is a rebel angel who has brought evil in our world and he lives to promote evil in our lives. You see, all human beings, by default, enter this world as children of their father, the devil. They are born as spiritual slaves inside Satan's house of darkness. I know this is difficult for all of us to accept. Even me just saying it, perhaps you find this offensive. Me being born under Satan's house of darkness? We find that hard to believe because especially in the West, we live under the notion that we are free. We are free people, right? That stuff of the Satan is for the dark ages, you know. It's people trapped there in Yangarata mines who believe that sort of thing, right? We are told we can be anything we want to be in this world. But the Bible says that's a lie. It's not true. No human being is truly independent or free. All human beings are under the invisible handcuffs of Satan. They are born as slaves of Satan. Why is the world the way it is? Because the devil brought sin into the world. So there's the darkness of sin, right? There is the darkness of death. There's the darkness of suffering and pain. There's the darkness of Satan. And just finally... All human beings are facing the prospect of the eternal darkness of our punishment in hell. There is a darkness of hell. It's not a present reality for you yet, but it's coming. When all human beings die in their sin, because of their rebellion against God, they'll face their darkness in hell forever. So in short, when we think about life in this world, our world is very dark indeed. It's darker than the image. Your life is much darker than you realize. 
Our condition is much like those miners trapped in Tanzania. And all of us need help from our darkness. That's the point. And the good news of Christmas, the reason we're here celebrating the coming of Jesus into the world is that the good news is that there is light at the end of our dark tunnel. God has come in Jesus to shine a great light for us, as our dear brother read for us. The great light of Jesus is described for us in that passage you read in Isaiah 9, and I'll just start from verse 2 to 7 there. That, that prophecy was written eight centuries before Jesus was born in the world. You see, the people of God at that time, Israel, had abandoned God only to find themselves being oppressed by their neighboring, their neighbors, the neighboring nation of Assyria. And it was a time of darkness, a time of despair. And a small band of those who still loved God at that time wondered, is there any light at the end of our dark tunnel? And God responded by giving us that prophecy our brother read for us in Isaiah 9, verse 2 to 7. In this passage, God is promising to shine a great light that will one day defeat darkness. Look at verse 2 there in that passage. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. A great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them as light shined. God is saying God will shine a great light on them by giving them a new king who will confront and defeat the darkness of their separation from God. Look at this three. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide spoils. You see, because God will be with them, they will now live with joy. That's what Isaiah is saying. They will no longer be oppressed by their enemies. They will have peace. Are you longing for peace in your life? Well, the peace comes from this light God is shining. Look at verse 4 to 5. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian, as in days of judges. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. There will be no wars. This king who is coming will bring the end of all wars. There will be peace. They will be freed from their oppression, from their darkness. God will defeat their darkness forever. And you know what? This promise here is not just for them. It is for any human beings who puts their total trust in this great light that God is shining. So the question here is this. What is this great light that God promised? And how can we be sure that this light is a light that we can truly depend on? How can we be sure of that? I mean, that's a very important question to ask, isn't it? How can we be sure that what God is saying is going to come true? We, we need to trust in something that's dependable. It's very important. You know, a hundred years ago, a tsunami killed 90% of the population of Ryosh in Japan. And the town decided that they will never let it happen again. So they built, what did they do? They built a 30-feet wall to withstand tsunamis in the future. You know, after that wall was built... Uh, Kawasaki Takeshi and his wife moved from 
the hills where they had been living in safety to live in the town now. Because the wall had been built. He said the wall made him feel safe. But in 2011, another tsunami hit. And it decimated the wall and leveled the entire village. The town of Rio, you see, placed their hope in a war that couldn't save them. It is important for you to base your life, your hope in life, on something you can depend on. God's promise of this great light is the only thing that you and I can depend on to save us. Because this light is God entering human history as one of us. Let's read on verse 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The child is human. The son is divine, the eternal son. And the government of his son shall be upon his shoulder. What will be the name of this son? Well, this eternal son's name, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. His mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. There will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. <clears throat> the zeal of the Lord of us will do this. Now this prophecy was given 700 years before Jesus was born that first Christmas. It is saying Jesus is the creator God himself walking the pages of human history. The singer Joanne Osborne, in her song, One of Us, asks that question, doesn't she? What if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. If God had a face, what would it look like? Well, the sensation of good news of Christmas, the reason you are here this Christmas morning is that we know what God looks like. And his name is Jesus. God has come in Jesus as promised in Isaiah. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. You see, the central claim of the Bible is that the great light that overcomes all of our darkness does not come from ourselves or some great super religion or some club we belong to or for some human relationship or marriage that we have or, or for some, uh, from our parents. No. Salvation from our darkness comes from God's action in history at a particular time, as I like to say, in a particular place and in a particular person. The person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus of Nazareth. This is why we are here, friends, this morning. Christmas is a welcome party for God. The light has come. And I can never imagine starting my Christmas celebration without being gathered to reflect on that truth. And it's wonderful that you are here. Because this is the essence of why Christ has come. We are here to welcome his coming. This is the welcome party for God, the gathering of the saints. Because we recognize that Jesus is the light at the end of our tunnel. As that famous carol which we sing next says, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. 
Yet, I love that, yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. They are met in Jesus, our light. You know, when I speak to people, they sometimes say to me, I don't believe in God. And so I ask them, really, which God don't you believe in? Which one? And they often answer, oh, all of them, all of them, <laughs> just all of them. Islam and uh, everything, all of them, right? Then I ask them, is it the God of the Bible who loves you so much that he put on your skin to enter your pain? Is it the God of the Bible who created all things and yet decided to lay aside his power and glory and became a baby to win your love? Is it the God who willingly humbled himself to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin so that you can be free from darkness forever? I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Captain America. But there's a fascinating scene in the first Captain America movie, right? The scene, it goes like this. There is Colonel, um, the Colonel Phillips there, right? And there's Dr. Eskenan, right? And they're inspecting troops. What they're trying to do is they're trying to pick a soldier to become Captain America. Now, among the soldiers who are gathered, there's a very skinny guy. Uh, he is weak and, frankly, he's out of place, right? You're like, what is he doing here, Right? So to test the soldiers to figure out who's going to become Captain America, what they do, what they, uh, Colonel Philip does is this. He throws a grenade to see how they react to it. Yeah, they're just standing there and just, there's a grenade and just chucks at them, right? And you know what happens? Well, predictably, everybody runs for cover. I mean, that's what you do, isn't it? You, all, you just scatter, and that's what happens. They, all of them scatter. They all run away for safety. <clears throat> And you could give them marks for that. They see it's danger, they run, right? You want a Captain America who notices danger, right? Except for one soldier, a small soldier. Instead of running away, do you know what he does? Instead of running away from the grenade, he runs to the grenade. He doesn't pick it up. Actually, what he does, he just falls on it to protect the others. Thankfully, it is a dummy grenade, so it never goes off. But you can see what he's doing, isn't it? Instead of running off from danger, he decides to sacrifice himself. And I think that's a great picture of what Christmas is about. I love movies sometimes because you see these things. You see the, I see something of Christ in that, in, that, in, that, in that Captain America, in that scene there. It's, it's, it's a great picture of what Christmas is about because it's, a, it's about the God of the Bible who became a weak human being to die to serve you. Who, instead of running away from the, 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 the danger, he ran to it for you. The Bible says for us to be with God, we need someone morally perfect to die in our place to pay the penalty for our sin. That person must be fully God and fully man. Well, Jesus meets the qualification. Jesus is the God-man. Jesus is God who became man to die for our sins. You see, instead of Jesus running away from the grenade of your darkness, Jesus ran to it and took the damage upon himself 
through his death on the cross. Jesus did this to free you from those darknesses I talked about. The darkness of sin, the darkness of death, the darkness of Satan, and the darkness of hell. And in the new world to come, to free you from the darkness of pain and suffering. In the now, pain and suffering are, are redemptive. God uses them for his purpose to make us become more like Christ. They are his servant. But the time is coming when God will remove even that in the new world to come. You know, this is what the God of the Bible is offering us. And I just want to ask you, maybe if you don't trust in Jesus yet, the question I want to ask you is, is this really the God we want to reject? Who else is able to save you from your darkness? No one. The truth is that if we, think, if, we, if, we, if we seriously look into the God of the Bible, we can't help but conclude that God is so wonderful and loving. We need him in our lives. And some of us have heard this from our parents, and we just hear it and hear it, and we haven't responded to him. We need to take it seriously, that there is no other Savior except him. He is the, only, he is the one and only true God. This God who has come... To us, in the light of Jesus, the question for each one of us this Christmas is quite simple. Do you want to be free from your darkness, or do you want to keep living in it forever? Do you want to live in the great light of Jesus, or remain in your darkness? The trapped miners in Tanzania were finally rescued. After 41 days in the days in the darkness of Nyangarata, one of the miners described the moment when everything changed for them. He said, "We saw a tiny crack on the rock, and saw the ray of the sun shining through the darkness." You see, when the miners saw the light, they then started shouting for help. Until finally, the rescuers who were looking for them at the top had them and broke through. It required them to shout, of course, to get their help. And they were rescued. But imagine with me if the miners had ignored that tiny crack of light. That fragile light. What would have happened? There would have been no rescue. You see, only those who open their eyes benefit from the light that comes from the sun. In the same way, in order to benefit from the light of Jesus, you must see him. By this I mean you must accept that you are currently living in darkness. You must accept that you are currently cut off from living together with God. Then you must now turn to Jesus. You must tell him you're a sinner. That you repent of your sin and that you surrender your life to him as your Lord and King. Ask him to truly forgive your sin based on his death on the cross. There's nothing that you are living for at the moment that the world can offer you. Turn to Jesus. If you truly turn to him this very moment, God will forgive your sin, past, present, and future. Jesus will take away the darkness of sin, death, and hell. He will give you a new life and the future with him. You will now walk in his light forever. But if you reject Jesus, you remain in the darkness of sin and suffering. 
And, and indeed, you suffer the darkness of everlasting punishment at the hands of a holy God. Now, some of us here are already followers of Jesus. What is this truth that Jesus came to shine his light in our darkness mean for us today? How should this truth affect uh, the rest of your Christmas day? Let me just give you three quick things, then I'll end. If you're a true follower of Jesus. First of all, this truth that Jesus has come to shine his great light should lead you to celebrate Christmas today with gratitude. With gratitude to God. Thank God that Jesus was born to defeat the darkness of sin, death, hell, and Satan for you. That you're no longer under the power of darkness. Thank God that because of Jesus, the time is coming when the presence of all darkness will be removed from your life. Including the present darkness of our suffering. One day you will live in a perfect new heavens and new earth, free from all the darkness of the world. We are going to be with Jesus forever, friend. And our cry should be Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. Secondly, show you are thankful for Jesus coming to shine his light in your darkness by surrendering afresh to Jesus this Christmas morning. You know, when we live tolerating sin in our lives, we are making light of the darkness that Christ came to rescue us from. We are cheapening the redeeming work of Christ. We are cheapening Christmas. And yet, if you are honest, we are all prone to cheapening Christmas. Because we give in easily to the pool of darkness in our lives. Are you in that situation at the moment? Are you allowing yourself to drift towards darkness? Can I just remind you this Christmas day that... The con- the, the, just the hypocrisy of that. You're celebrating Christ in the midst of allowing sin to dominate you. What insult to God. As believers, let us examine ourselves. If there is a particular sin we need to deal with, we must deal with it before the Christmas day ends. Ask him to help you overcome whatever you're facing. Ask Jesus to push away your darkness. Finally, if you're going through the darkness of pain or suffering, let this truth that Jesus has come to shine his light in our darkness comfort you, friend, this Christmas. Christmas is for your comfort. And maybe as you are hearing me going about the five forms of darkness, you're like, oh, this is too dark. But remember, Christ has come to push away the darkness for you. Perhaps this Christmas, you are feeling hopeless, discouraged, and living lonely. Christmas can be a lonely time for many, especially for that for us who have lost loved ones in recent years. Their memories of the lost ones can just wear us down and can make us ask whether Christmas is truly worth it. But it is worth it. For those of us perhaps who are single or we live or, or we are uh, widowed for whatever reason, Christmas can bring loneliness to us. And can leave us asking, where is this light of Jesus in my life? Another year gone, perhaps, where we feel our hopes haven't been fulfilled. Well, the good news of Christmas is that Jesus has answered your question, friend. He's saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. Jesus is saying to you this, through this Christmas passage that your brother Elijah A. read for us. He's saying to you, 
I know what it means to be a human being. For to us, a child is born. To us, the eternal son is given. Jesus is saying, I know what it means to be a human being. I became a man for you. I have already defeated darkness of sin, death, hell, and Satan for you. I have already transferred you from the domain of darkness into my beloved kingdom. You are living in my kingdom of light. I came that Christmas to be your king. Oh, I had an email this morning that read verse 7 for us. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will do this. Jesus in that verse through the prophecy of Isaiah saying, the kingdom has now arrived, friend. If you are in Christ, you are part of a never-ending kingdom that is expanding, and we are longing for him to come. We are looking at the darkness around us, not as a discouragement, but as a sign pointing that any moment now, Christ may appear in glory. So as you reflect on your own suffering, hear the voice of the master in this text. Here Christ said to you, I came that Christmas to be your king. And you are living under my care and protection in every situation you are in. So do not fear the darkness of your suffering. I am your present helper. I am your wonderful counsel, your mighty God, your everlasting father, your prince of peace, your soon coming king. I am the great light shining in the darkness of this world. I am the great light at the end of your dark tunnel. So this Christmas day, trust in me to bear you up. Trust my light of Christmas. Amen.